0: Hey, 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 what is up, y'all? I am back at it again. I had such an excellent time off. Um, please feel free to reach out if you guys want some travel recommendations. i got you. You know I do. I'm not going to apologize for taking a, a little bit of time off. Um, I know I missed that uh, every week posting, but I'm not going to apologize for it because you know what? We all need to take some time off sometimes. So, Let's jump right into it. I'm actually getting into a topic this week that I'm pretty excited about. It's a little bit new, a little bit um, more of a branching out for me. It's on racial disparity in healthcare settings. So in a way, kind of close to home because it's where I work, right? I work in healthcare, kind of, indirectly. But it's also, it's not something that I normally dip into, you know, there's, (laughs) there is no English setting, there is no educational background on this one, this is all healthcare. So I did reach out for some assistance on this one, so we've got a little bit of um, other perspectives in this episode, I'm very excited about it. Unfortunately, we couldn't record together, but I did get my friend's uh, take on this, so Excited for y'all to listen to this one and let me know what you think. I'll try and add some more perspectives and hopefully some, maybe some guest appearances in these upcoming episodes that we post. So stay tuned. But yeah, let's let's look at some healthcare settings now. So I feel like this is something that maybe I don't know. Maybe it does get a lot of focus and I am just not really aware of it. Um, Like I said, I work in healthcare, I work in the pharmacy as a pharmacy technician. So kind of direct patient care, but also kind of not. It's more of a support role, right? Because I'm not necessarily, I'm not there treating patients. um, I'm not in treatment rooms with patients. We're kind of after the fact as an ancillary service. So after they've seen the doctors and all of the specialists, everyone else basically, then pharmacy is always the last stop. They come, they pick up their meds, they say bye, and that's it. Now, I will say right from the jump, this whole topic is pretty difficult to tackle because one, healthcare settings is insanely broad. I mean, there are so many different aspects of healthcare and different positions and literally so many variables that it's kind of like it's kind of like saying like oh your maintenance and that's it it's like okay maintenance of cars of computers of equipment of planes like there's so many different avenues that's kind of how health how broad and generalized the term healthcare settings is right but That's okay. We're just doing a quick little dip into this. So it's very multifaceted, obviously, for multiple factors, but especially with this concept that I want to talk about with racial disparity. Um, there's a lot of other things to consider too, besides just what avenue of healthcare are you in, what level of treatment facility is it, or what position do you play? Are you a doctor? Are you a nurse? Are you a technician? Whatever the case may be, beyond just that, you have to look at the geographical location. Unfortunately, you know, are you in the boonies? Are you in an urban area? Are you in a like a huge city? Uh, what state are you in? What part of the country are you in? socioeconomic factors um the healthcare avail- availability in certain areas will not be the same unfortunately quality of providers for that geographical area will not be the same unfortunately so there's so many variables now what kind of spawned this whole episode idea for me What really made me kind of think about it, um, I was at a professional development seminar thing. I think I've mentioned it before, but they were trying to start a conversation about whether racial profiling was always unacceptable or if there were some times where it was acceptable. And they were essentially trying to nail down whether profiling was a negative thing or if we kind of turned it into a negative thing. I don't know. It was The whole thing was kind of weird and seemed a little backwards to me. They, they were like tiptoeing the line for me. I don't know. I didn't really love it. But anyway, and this one girl brought up the fact and she was like, Well, you know, some ethnicities are just genetically wired to have certain diseases or certain disease states. And so we're checking for that preemptively. So racial profiling is a good thing. And I'm like, I don't know if that was really the question asked. You know, like, it seems like you're trying to excuse some things. But regardless, that kind of spurred on this conversation. And it really reminded me of this one specific instance in the Netflix show All American, which, side note. 10 out of 10 recommend absolutely love that show and Loki, the main character Olivia um, she started hmm <laughs> she started a podcast and it uh, low-key inspired me to start mine so side note you should definitely watch it but yeah all American is about systemic racism in society and how different communities can kind of clash with their cultures and it's, it's an excellent show. I The character development is exceptional. I absolutely love that show. Anyway, very long story short, with no spoilers, I promise. There is one specific scene where a black kid, who's originally from Crenshaw Heights, try not to give away spoilers, sorry. Uh, he gets shot, but he gets shot in The Beverly Hills. Very, very super bougie, nice area. And it technically was gang related, but also in a way not because he wasn't part of the gang. He kind of got roped in because he had too big of a heart and he was helping out a friend. Very long story. Like I said, I'm trying not to do spoilers the best I can, but he gets shot. He goes to a hospital because it was like a pretty critical hit. He was like about to die. Um, He's out of it and he needs immediate surgery but he's in a very bougie beverly hills um hospital so all of the staff members the doctors everyone is white except one black nurse that's kind of like taking him under her wing and so they see a black man come into their hospital with a gunshot wound. And so they say, oh, well, it's just another it's just another thug. It's just another gang-related shooting. So let's do some detox or some tox screenings. We'll see what drugs he's on because he must be on drugs because this is a gang-related shooting, yada, yada, yada. So they're waiting and waiting on that and everything is being delayed he's not getting the immediate care that he needs because he's black and they the show makes that very clear like that's where that dividing line is and the nurse who's black she's the only one saying no doctor like you have no reason to believe he's higher on drugs right now like he is dying in my arms right now like you need to get him under like get him on the OR table now like he will die unless you do the surgery so she kept fighting and fighting and fighting for him and he only survived because of her because she advocated for the immediate treatment and the surgery and so that whole that whole uh example just kind of floated through my head when i'm listening to this girl say like no but we should medically racially profile and i was like oh i don't think that's the right answer. Like, If it's preventing care, if you are assuming certain stereotypes, that's not a good thing. It's different to be like, hey, your ethnicity is this, and so you have, I don't know, I'm making stuff up now, I'm not a doctor, but like, oh, all white people have an extra chromosome, and that's chromosome is the only factor in this disease state then yes that's fine that's not necessarily profiling or like um like it's a known fact that asians don't have a certain enzyme they don't have as much of an enzyme in their liver so that's why their alcohol tolerance is normally lower than quote unquote average but i really just say in relation to other ethnicities because their liver physically isn't breaking down the alcohol as quickly and at as high of a rate as other ethnicities. So like that's, yes, that's science, that's provable, but that's not assuming like, oh, this is a black kid, oh, he's shot, so it must be gang related, so he must be on drugs, he must be doing something illegal, like, no. I don't know. To me, that's a clear difference. There's a clear difference there. And really what it boils down to, I think, is just providing the patient that direct, immediate care that they need or not. Based on your own biased judgments. But another girl after this fact, she brought up a statistic that I did fact check. Um, But she was saying that, well, she brought it up that um, when she had her kid... She felt like there, she saw a, a definitive divide between the level of care that she got as a black woman versus white patients when she was delivering her baby. And she had said, because she had specifically requested a black OB, and she had said, you know, like black people are however many times more likely to die during pregnancy or postpartum than white counterparts. And I was like, damn, that's a high number. Like, one, is that true? Like, let me fact check that shit quick. But then two, if that's the case, like, oof. And for me, that raised a red flag of like, okay, why is that statistic so ungodly high in 2022? Like, what other factors are going on here that made it that high? And I think she kind of just saw it as like um, another medical profiling thing that we should be doing. It's just so we can be aware of it. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that is a huge social issue. We need to tackle that issue so that way you're not, you know, 12 times more likely to die when you have a child versus your white counterparts. Like, look at why that stat is so high first. Don't just accept it as a medical fact, as if that's your genetics, as if there's nothing you can do to change that. That sounds changeable. That sounds like a flaw in our system that needs to be addressed. And so, like I said, I did look up this information. Not that I didn't trust her, but I just... Like I said, it was an insanely high statistic, so I just wanted to double-check it. And here's what I found. The Population Reference Bureau, if you go to prb.org, you can find this article and a bunch of other ones. Uh, They published this study December 6th, 2021, and it showed just like this girl said, an insane statistic that shows the racial disparity in our healthcare systems across the country. Um, So the more, the maternal mortality rate among non-Hispanic black women was 3.5 times that of non-Hispanic white women. This is a dramatic increase from previous analyses that were only saying, they say only 2.5 times the death rate. And now we're up to 3.5 times the death rate. Uh, The analysis also revealed that these disparities were concentrated among a few causes of death. So one is a specific type of heart failure, and as well as uh, preeclampsia, eclampsia, eclampsia, blood pressure disorders, with (laughs) lead and those those options blood pressure disorders and the postpartum cardiomyopathy the form of heart failure those were the leading causes of maternal death for black women with mortality rates five times those of white women in those same scenarios pregnant and postpartum black women were also more than two times more likely than white women to die of hemorrhage which is severe bleeding or an embolism which is a blood blood vessel blockage like, what the, what the literal shit are we doing in our hospitals? How are these statistics just accepted? How? How is this fine? How does this happen every single day and society is just fine with this? How can any doctor know these statistics and be a part of these statistics and not do anything about it? insane to me absolutely insane for black women pre-eclampsia and eclampsia was the leading cause of maternal death followed by cardiomyopathy that the heart failure the embolism the blood loss (sighs) what the shit what the literal shit like please somebody explain this to me because this is this is absolutely insane can you imagine dying in a hospital 3.5 times more likely to die in a hospital just because of your skin color. I can't. I can't imagine that. This article also goes on to say that late maternal deaths, so those occurring between six weeks and one year postpartum, 3.5 times more likely among black women than white women, postpartum heart failure, essentially, between that six weeks to one year postpartum the leading cause of late maternal death among all races with black women having a six times higher risk than white women so it just it just goes on and on and on and on and on all of these different scenarios and all of them have black women dying at a insanely higher rate than their white counterparts so then the article goes on to say you know, basically kind of what I said, like, how do we fix this? And it just says a very generic further research into the experiences of people of color can inform efforts to improve healthcare systems and thus improve the birthing experience for all. We need new models of care before, during and after birth to address these inequities. So they kind of acknowledge it, but I'm like, damn, you need to do better than that. Like, you need to be a hell of a lot more proactive than that. You can't just say, like, further research. No, we need action. We need to do something. Someone needs to do something. And so it's really awesome because a little bit farther down where it's a bit more direct, um, they say that, yeah, research and action must be grounded in the understanding that racism is at the root of health inequities. So I think it's great that they actually call it out for what it is. Yeah. Um, and I love this question too. They say, we must first ask how do systems, policies, and social structures combine to create the conditions for poor health rather than asking what's wrong with people of color that makes them die younger and at higher rates and suffer more illnesses. So I think I think that phrase right there really just hits a nail on the head because we do we need to acknowledge like we are doing this white administration is doing this the society is doing this the healthcare system as a whole is broken and is doing this this is not something you know passive like oh black women are dying at a higher rate no say like why what what is killing them what is causing these black women to die at a higher rate us Ooh. Maybe we should do something about that. And I think that makes all the difference. That even just shifting that active to a passive voice can sometimes make all the difference in the world because it puts the focus where it really should be. Oh, this gets me heated. It gets me real heated. But I want to shift gears a tiny bit. We've been talking about the patient a lot from the patient perspective, which. Arguably, it probably should be the major focus, but I also kind of want to shift now and look at the provider focus because I think sometimes we kind of forget about that. So so yes, white people are still definitely the majority of doctors, of healthcare personnel, of healthcare administrators especially, but slowly but surely, we're getting better at adding more diversity into this career field. Um, and so yeah, I want to look at a provider focus because it's... It's so sad. And like I said, I don't necessarily work directly with doctors. So I personally haven't necessarily seen this. But you know it happens. And I've kind of seen it from a patient perspective. Um, unfortunately, you, you look at a white doctor versus a non-white doctor. And it's, it's so sad. But they are. The minority is viewed as... Less qualified, less trustworthy. Um, they'll they'll use this excuse of like, oh well, there's a language barrier. No, there's not. You're just racist. <laughs> like, um, so the one recent example that I saw that it just broke my heart. Um, somebody's grandpa, I'm not gonna say who, but somebody's grandpa is white, was in the hospital, and his doctor was not white and i was sitting in the patient room and you know they're like oh what did the doctor say what did the nurses say what's the update on your test what's this and that and this and that and he was like well you know they said this they said that yada 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 and he was like i don't know i'm really confused you know my my doctor is one of the it's a foreign doctor and you know i just i don't know i don't know i i didn't understand it like i don't i didn't really understand what he was saying and they kind of went off into saying like this was a nice hospital and now there's you know so many and i was like oh you better watch what you're saying after that like oh because it wasn't my family member so i wasn't necessarily in a place to be like listen you better treat that poor doctor with some more respect like he has decades of, of educational experience and breadth of knowledge under his belt like Please do not disrespect him like that. But I'm just sitting there, you know, because I have to sit there. But it's little things like that, right? It's just the same the the nurse said this and she's white, and the doctor said something maybe slightly different, but he's not white. And so who do you think the patient's gonna listen to? Who do you think the patient's gonna trust? Who do you think the patient's going to feel maybe a little bit more comfortable with? It's It's so messed up, the system's broken. It's just it's just too much all around but my friend is an amazing nurse side note um she's like perfect epitome of what a nurse should be you know it's just like if you were sick like she's the exact person that you would want taking care of her of you like it's just yeah she's just like perfectly cut out for the role well anyway and so she works right now at a um, it's kind of like an end of life treatment facility so if someone's really really old or like and or really really sick they kind of go there and there's not always a getting better for them sometimes it's just giving them that the best quality of life and pain management that you can at that time frame um but yeah so she works there as a nurse duh i just said that but i asked her On her perspectives of some of these things, and so I'd ask her like, "Hey, have you seen any racial disparity in the healthcare system? You know, like what have you seen? What is your perspective? What's your experience?" So she gave me, um, she had told me that like she sees it more in the like the management and the administration side of things. Um, Thankfully, her job, she said right now, doesn't really have too much of that issue um but she said in the past she has seen where administrators and department heads are white and so predominantly the front line and the floor staff are people of color and so she said a lot of times she felt like there was representation from the leadership or like the company as a whole and so then with that racial disparity there's just a lot of there's just a massive lack of cultural awareness and so when she would see the interactions between management and the floor staff there was definitely a huge disconnect she said and where like staff would often find themselves insulted or even disrespected from that leadership chain. And I'd asked her too from a nurse to a patient's perspective, you know, like did she ever feel like patients maybe didn't listen to her as much because she wasn't white or anything like that? And it was it was kind of encouraging. She said that she hadn't really seen that yet in her career. Um, so that's I think that's awesome. Um, it's kind of like one nice little shining glimmer of hope in our society. But she did say that there were some cases where some healthcare workers that she worked with um, they would this is so heartbreaking. They wouldn't necessarily like ignore but they would just kind of dismiss the patients and their families based on their race. And so she was telling me the story about how she had a, a Chinese patient, super, super close family, and they were coming like every single day to visit. And then whenever the family would ask the staff for help, the family was always seen as like a burden or being too much. Um, And the staff would just kind of automatically think the family was overreacting about whatever was going on or the info that was passed on. And they would just kind of brush off their concerns. And then they would also, um, she said that she would see staff members kind of question patients' beliefs if they believed in non-Western, non, you know, quote unquote, traditional medicine. And they would just kind of like blow that off as insignificant. So That's kind of heartbreaking to hear, Um, but it does happen, like you see, like it happens at every level, in every avenue, both ways, you know, up and down the chain. And so I had asked her also um, just like how she dealt with racist patients, because that's difficult, because especially when you're in a healthcare position, you, you kind of can't just talk back to them. Like, whether you're the nurse to the doctor, the doctor to the nurse, the nurse to the patient, the patient to the doctor. Again, whatever channel you're in, up or down, you can't always just say, like, I don't want you to treat me. Like, you don't always have that privilege of choosing your medical staff and also your patients. If your patients are the racist ones, you can't just say, I I don't want to treat you anymore. You know, like you can't, you can't just do that. And so she was telling me about how um, racism from patients would often, like, like we've been talking about this whole time, is always just those small comments. Um, but she also does work at an end of life care facility, basically. So she does see a lot of dementia patients and sometimes things can sort of get distorted And just kind of shift when patients do get into that late stage, especially if they're in a lot of pain. So they can be very confused. And so she was saying, like, when they are confused and maybe they say stuff like, you can't really do much about it. Um, You can try to correct them. But if it agitates the patient, I mean, you just have to let it go, unfortunately, which I, bless her heart, I don't know if I could. I really don't i mean i understand because like my grandpa had alzheimer's pretty bad um and he would he would say the craziest stuff like people's personalities change when their brain and everything is like deteriorating essentially everything changes like they're almost not even the same person anymore it's like they're in their own little world that they don't really have control over it's very sad um but still, bless bless this nurse's heart. I, girl, props to you because I I really I don't think I could. But then you have the other the other patients too that are alert. They are aware of what they're saying, what they're doing, and the meanings that those words have behind them. And. I don't. I don't know how my friend wasn't thrown hands because she was saying that sometimes, like, if they aren't confused and if they're alert and cognizant of what they're saying, and you know, they say some of these things. She's like, I just have to very respectfully tell them that I don't appreciate being verbally abused and being talked to that way. And they just dismiss me, of course, and you know, continue with the racist comments. But again, I mean, you can't just kick a patient out. Like what? There are only so many avenues. Which caveat here is part of the problem, but there are so only so many avenues that nurses and healthcare workers have when it comes to things like this. I mean, another insanely high statistic, but it's true because we hear it in our trainings every single quarter. But healthcare workers are 16 times more likely to be assaulted and/or verbally abused by their patients and to a.k.a. their co-workers. Than other career fields like it's insane and we kind of just like let it happen we just watch it happen and we say like oh well you know sorry as if that's any consolation for this like, this the system is so broken but yes um as i close out this episode though i gotta get my blood pressure back down underneath you know 138 <laughs> it's fine everything's fine i'm fine um my friend did have some book recommendations for y'all so she knows i love to close out my episodes with some sort of uh reading material for you guys again even if you never even read the book if you just maybe look at it read the back cover whatever i don't know anyway but it's called the spirit catches you and you fall down by Anne fadiman so she said that they all read it at the beginning of nursing school and it changed her whole perspective. It was kind of like her aha moment. Um, it tells the story of Leah, a, a mongrel, girl, and she had epilepsy. She was from Merced, California. And the book describes the two very drastically different cultural approaches when it came to treating her sickness. So she, on one side, she had her family the Hmong perspective. And then she had, of course, her American doctors and their perspective. And so she said that they read the book when they were learning about cultural competency in healthcare and it absolutely blew her mind. So yeah, it sounds super interesting. I already got it ordered on Amazon, so it will be coming in soon. And... Yeah, I think that is it for me. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, like, comment, share, subscribe. I don't know. Tell your friends about me. That's okay. Hopefully you guys are enjoying these podcasts as much as I am. Um, Make good choices, be decent human beings, and I will catch y'all next time. Let me know if you want to be featured on an episode or if you have ideas of topics. Okay, bye!